Revelation chapter 3. We shall be reading from the New Living Testament, the New Living Translation, Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. Start from verse 1. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Sardis. This is the message from the one who has the sevenfold spirit of God and the seven stars. I know all the things you do and that you have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. Wake up. Strengthen what little remains, for even what is left is almost dead. I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of my God. Go back to what you heard and believed at first. Hold to it firmly. Repent and turn to me again. If you don't wake up, I'll come to you suddenly, as unexpected as a thief. Yet, there are some in the church in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes with evil. They will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. All who are victorious will be clothed in white. I will never erase their names from the book of life, but I will announce before my father and his angels that they are mine. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he's saying to the church. The message to the church in Philadelphia. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. This is the message from the one who is holy and true, the one who has the key of David. What he opens, no one can close, and what he closes, no one can open. I know all the things you do. Still verse 8 of Revelation chapter 3. I know all the things you do, and I have opened a door for you that no one can close. You have little strength, yet you obeyed my word and did not deny me. Look, I will force those who belong to Satan's synagogue, those liars who say they are Jews but are not, to come and bow down at your feet. They will acknowledge that you are the ones I love. 10. Because you have obeyed my command to persevere, I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the whole world to test those who belong to this world. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take away your crown. All who are victorious will become pillars in the temple of my God, and they will never have to leave it. And I will write on them the name of my God, and they will be citizens in the city of my God, the new Jerusalem that comes down from heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my new name. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. 
14. I write this letter to the angel of the church in Laodicea. This is the message from the one who is the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's new creation. I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. Also buy white garments from me, as you will not be shamed by your weak nakedness and, 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 oint, and ointment for your eyes, so you will be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love, so be diligent and turn for your from your indifference. 20 of that same Revelation 3. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and you will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone who with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches. Father, we thank you for an opportunity to hear from you today. Father, speak for your servants we hear. Father, speak to us. Let us hear and give us the understanding and the learning to be able to assimilate what you have for us today and to be able to put it to plan, put it to work so that we will find favor in your sight. In Jesus' almighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Brethren, each day draws us closer to two things. One, the rapture, and two, the grave. And both of these things lead to eternity. Either eternal life in heaven or eternal death in a place of pain and gnashing of teeth in a hellfire, which is a portion we do not wish our worst enemies. Shortly before returning to heaven, Jesus told his disciples that someday he will come back to establish his kingdom. But before that could take place, he said certain things would have to happen. And we see many of these things happening today. For example, he said that before his return, that the gospel must be preached throughout the world. Never before has this been possible. But in the current day and time, through the radio and through the internet and other modern means of communication, the gospel has been preached around the world. We are also warned that the last days will be perilous times, that there will be an outpouring of evil. Apostle Paul warns us in 2 Timothy 3 from verse 1 to 5, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times for people who love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends. Be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. You can see this happening around us these days. People are selfish now. People don't care about nothing else but themselves and their pursuit of glory. This scenario is playing out daily today. Brethren, but I'm not here today to point out towards the signs of the end time. Google can help you with that. I'm here to shout the warning that was repeated three times in that Revelation chapter 3. In a chapter of only 22 verses, 
one warning was repeated three times and the warning was repeated and i repeat it here also anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches i read this verse earlier this week and i began to ask myself what is the spirit saying to the church and then i flipped my bible and god led me to philippians chapter 4 and then in verse 5 of that Philippians, he said, let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Listen now. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Like I said, after reading that Revelation 3, and noticing the warning, I was asking, what is the church? What is the Spirit saying to the church? And the Lord led me to Philippians 4, 5. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. This was also echoed throughout that Revelation story that we read. Repetitions are used to make emphasis. While growing up, when our parents call your name three times, you know they need you, you to pay attention. And when they ask you, how many times have I called your name? That then you know that you need to be alert. Or when they ask you, how many times have I said this? You know you need to pay attention. You know you need to be alert. And three times in the portion that we read, the Bible said, anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. In the perilous times we are, the churches, the body of Christ, we must be alert and listen to the Spirit and understand what the Spirit is trying to tell us. We need to pay attention. Brethren, we need to prepare for the Lord is coming soon. Bible tells us in 2 Peter chapter 3, from verse 3, most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come, mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. Today, when you talk to people about Christ, they'll tell you, go and sit down. We have been hearing this since we were young. Since I was young, I have heard this, and I'm now old. He hasn't come. People will say, oh yeah, God is dead. We can't find God anywhere. We've looked everywhere. Even man has gone to space. We didn't see any sign of God. We didn't see any sign of angels. We saw absolutely no proof that God exists. Remember, Peter warned us that there will be scoffers. In the last days, scoffers will come, mocking the truth and following their own desires. There are going to be scoffers who will scoff at the idea of future judgment, who will scoff at the idea of rapture, who will scoff at the idea of eternal life, who will tell you it's not possible, who will scoff at the idea of punishment for sin and tell you that God, yes, I know God exists and God is merciful. God cannot throw us into hell for eternity. They scoff at the gospel truth. They will scoff at the idea that Jesus Christ is coming again. They will laugh at the whole idea. That same portion in Second Peter, chapter 3, from verse 9, it says, 
The Lord isn't being slow with his promise, as some people think, because he hasn't come. They scoff at that idea and say he's not coming. The Lord isn't being slow at, about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live. Looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. On that day, he will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in the flames. But we are looking forward to the new heavens and new earth, he has promised. A world filled with God's righteousness. Brethren, anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches. Recently, Google searches for end times and rapture are spiking as news watchers try to interpret the stories scrolling, coming up every day with regards to COVID-19 and other recent world events. People are in search of answers. Are we in the end times? Numerous questions they are asking. Is COVID-19 a sign of the end times? Questions, questions, questions. But brethren, the real questions we should be asking ourselves is, are you ready for Christ's return? What, will I, what should I do to be ready for the second coming of Christ? Brethren, you can be ready for his second coming by turning to him and putting your faith and trust in him. Don't take his warnings lightly, but commit your life without delay to Jesus Christ. Brethren, just like that portion, anyone with ears was repeated three times in, in that chapter in verses 6, 13, and 22. There is another portion that was repeated three times too. And it says, I know all the things you do. This was repeated in verse 1, verse 8, and verse 15. I know all the things you do which tells us that God knows all the things we do. You cannot hide anything from God. He sees in secret. He sees in the open. He sees the desires of our hearts, our lusts. He sees our plans. He knows what we are thinking of. Brethren, you can deceive your pastor. You can deceive your parents. You can deceive your spouse. You can deceive your congregation. You can deceive your whole nation. You can deceive the whole world. But you cannot deceive God. I know all the things you do. In chapter 1 of that Revelation 3, it says, I know all the things you do and that you have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. You have a reputation, a sparkling clean reputation of being a good Christian, a powerful Christian. You have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. Brethren, your sparkling reputation before man does not count. What counts is what God knows about you. Reputation is what man knows about you with our limited knowledge and perception of the you we see. But what really matters is what God knows about you. Some people live in the house all their lives with their brothers, their sisters. And yet they do something and their brothers and sisters are shocked 
I never knew he could do that. Some people live years, donkey years with their spouses. But yes, they do something and their spouses shiver. They never knew you could do that. They have a reputation for being better people. They have a good reputation. But yet, their spouses, who they spend every single night with, never realize how evil they are. Brethren, what matters most is what God knows about you, not what man thinks about you. Your reputation is meaningless to God. Man's opinion or your reputation is what we call in law hearsay evidence. It is inadmissible. It cannot be admitted. Hearsay evidence is inadmissible. And on judgment day, hearsay evidence of your reputation will be inadmissible to God. You cannot call the bishop or the Pope to come and give testimony to God of how good you are, of what a perfect reputation you have. No. God's evidence is real evidence and admissible. Evidence of how you lived your life. Evidence of how you served God or how you did not serve God. Evidence, real evidence. That is what matters on Judgment Day. And all that has to be turned out is the book of life. The book of life will be brought. And your name will be searched for. And if your name is found in the book of life, then that is evidence that you have lived right. That is conclusive evidence that you qualify for eternal life. And then it gives you a free passage into eternal life. But brethren, verse 15 of that Revelation 3 that we, wrote, that we read, it says, And whosoever was not found in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Sorry, verse um, 15 of Revelation 20. And whosoever was not found in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And the lake of fire is a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth consistently. Not just weeping and relaxing, weeping and gnashing of teeth consistently. Not just for a year, not for 10 years, not for 100 years, for eternity. So ask yourself this very important question today. Is your name in the book of life? Even as a born-again Christian, even as a leader of a congregation, as a pastor, as a preacher. Is your name in the book of life? There is one thing that Christ abhors, God abhors. He abhors lukewarmness. In verse 15 of that Revelation 3, he says, I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. Verse 16, but since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Which means that if you are lukewarm, he will spit you out of his mouth. He will reject you. Brethren, with regard to things of spirituality, with matters of eternity, with matters of heaven and hell, there is no sitting on the fence. Christ made it abundantly clear. He said, if you are not for me, you are against me. You cannot have one leg in the church 
and have one leg in the world. If you do so, you only deceive yourself. Because Christ, the Bible made it clear that friendship with the world is enmity with God. You cannot have one leg here and one leg there. I will spit you out, says the Lord. You cannot be lukewarm when the enemy is going about looking for whom to devour. Your heart must always be on fire for God to make sure that the enemy doesn't come anywhere close to you. Your prayer altar must always be burning for God. Not only when you have issues, you go to him in prayer. No, 247, your prayer altar must be burning for God. Your consecration and your word study must be consistent, must be must be fervent. If you are lukewarm, you are not alert. The hotter you are, the harder it becomes for the enemy to deceive you, for the enemy to get to you. Remember, Christ warns us severally to be prepared because he will come like a thief in the night. No matter what predictions people make today, he's coming this time, he's the no. The Bible tells us that Christ himself even doesn't know. Only the Father knows. But one thing he knows is that he will come unannounced. He will come like a thief in the night. So you must be prepared at all times. Revelations 3 verse 3. So remember what you have received and heard and keep it and repent. Therefore, if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what hour. I will come to you. If you are not prepared and Christ comes and takes you unawares, whatever you see is what you get. But if you are prepared always, if you are not lukewarm, if your prayer altar is on fire, if you do not compromise in your daily living, if you do not take any chances, with the enemy, if you flee from every resemblance of evil, then when he comes and takes the whole world unawares, you will be prepared. Matthew 24, from verse 42, it tells us, Therefore be on the alert, for you do not know which day your Lord is coming. But be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have been on the alert and would not have allowed his house to be broken into. If the head of the house had known at what time the thief was coming, he would have been at alert. He would not let the thief sneak in. But our master has told us, be alert always. Watch and pray. Be alert. For he will come like a thief in the night to take away his people. Mark chapter 13 from verse 33 says, Take heed, keep on the alert, for you do not know when the appointed time will come. It is like a man away on a journey, who upon leaving his house and putting his slaves in charge, assigning to each one his task, also commanded the doorkeeper to stay on the alert. Therefore, be on the, on the alert, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, whether in the evening, at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or in the morning, in case he should come suddenly and find you asleep. When I say to you all, be on the alert. 
Christ does not like the lukewarm. He says because you are lukewarm, it means you are not allowed. I will spit you out of my mouth. So repeat this prayer after me. Oh Lord, set my heart on fire for you. Remove every lukewarm spirit in me. Father, we ask that you remove every spirit of lukewarmness in us. We ask that you keep our prayer altar burning. We ask that you keep our desires for you burning. We ask that you give us the grace to overcome all the plans of the enemy at all times. In Jesus' almighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Brethren, do not fool yourselves. You look at things and you think it's too tough. How am I supposed to feed these children if I don't play like these people play? If you can't beat them, you join them. Nobody does. I look at this man of God. I know the things he does. Nobody is perfect. Brethren, Matthew chapter 5 verse 38 says, Be thou perfect, even as thy Father in heaven is perfect. He will not ask you to be perfect without giving you the grace to be perfect. Revelation 3, 4 says, Yet there are some in the church in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes with evil. They will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. All who are victorious will be clothed in white. I will never erase their names from the book of life, but I will announce them before my Father and his angels that they are mine. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the church. You cannot give God the excuse that the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Many are living above the filth in the world today. Life is like a football game. 90 minutes. Occasionally it goes to 120 minutes and it's all over. And in this game of football, we are all players. And you either play the full 90 minutes of the game and after that, it is all over. It is all over, not just for you. It is all over for your teammates. It is all over for the opponents. It is all over for the match officials. It is all over for the spectators. It is all over for those watching at home. It is all over for the journalists, the broadcasters. It is all over. And that's what happens at the end of life. But also in this game of football, you can start this game of football and at any given time, you can be substituted. You can be substituted maybe because of an injury or you can be substituted as a tactical change. You can also be sent off. And that is life. In this life, you can be substituted by death. You can be sent off by death also. And as you are substituted and sent off, life goes on for the rest of the people around. But by then, you have no other chance to make way your way. But you're going straight to face the judgment throne. Remember the story of Lazarus and the rich man. Remember the rich man's plea for his brethren. Father, please send me back so I can go. Or send Lazarus back so that he can go and warn my brethren. No. That, is, that was the end of his own 90 minutes. Before the game ended, the, the, the rich man was sent off. And Lazarus was sent off. And both of them faced judgment. We come to this earth, but this earth is not our final destination, big brethren. Rapture will happen soon. And many of us shall be called up to our maker in heaven. And that will be the end of our 90 minutes. 
Those left behind will go and, through an extra time period of the great tribulation. And then it will be time up for everybody. The great tribulation is a time of unprecedented suffering. Christ himself warned us in Matthew 24, 21, for then there shall be a great tribulation, such as was not seen since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. 22, and except those days shall be shortened, there shall be no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Brethren, God doesn't want you to go through this great tribulation. God wants you to remain rapturable, to be rapturable, so that when the rapture happens, or when you meet your death, you will step forth and depart into eternal glory. Christ wants us, sorry, God tells us in Revelation 3.10, because you have obeyed my command to persevere, I will protect you from the great time of testing. Talking about the tribulation that will come upon the world to test those who belong to this world. Note that he did not say, I will protect you in the great time of tribulation. What he said, he did not say, I will protect you during the great time. He said, I will protect you from, meaning that he will exclude you in rapture. Rapture is coming. And we are hopeful. We are believing God that we will be rapturable. Because the Bible tells me even, 1 Corinthians 15, 19, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, then we are amongst men most miserable. If all we are doing for Christ here, or living right for him, is just to live right on earth. Then we are amongst men of all men most miserable. There is a place most certain. When Christ left, he said that he has gone to prepare a place for us and that he's coming back to take us. That same way a player can be sent off or substituted in the 90 minutes in a game, in a heavenly race. Death comes, and that is the end. For it is appointed unto man but wants to die, and after that, judgment. Brethren, are you ready? Ask yourself that question once again. Are you ready? Revelation 3.20 tells us, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And we will share a meal together as friends. This is Christ asking you to vote for him today. This is Christ asking you to believe in him today. This is Christ asking you to accept him as your Lord and personal Savior so that he will deal with you as friends. And so that when he comes to take his people, he will take you because you are his friend. If you are here today and you are not born again, brethren, I tell you, you are taking the greatest risk you can ever take. You are taking a very big risk. Okay, let's go this way. For those of you believe, that believe that 
there is no eternity. That Christ has covered the idea of Christ's second return and the idea of eternal life or eternal death. I'll ask you this one question. Peradventure at the end of time or at the end of your time or my time here, you discover that indeed you were right and I was wrong. That there was, there is no heaven, there is no hell. What have you gained? And what have you lost? What have I lost by living right for God? And then on the other side, peradventure, rapture happens. Peradventure, you discover that all that I have been telling you is true. That indeed, there is a judgment throne to be faced. That indeed, there is eternity. There is eternal life. There is eternal death. And by the time you discover it, it is too late. What shall be your portion? It is clear. For whosoever his name is not found in the book of life shall be thrown in the lake of fire. So if you're here today and you're not born again, this is your opportunity to commit your life to Christ. This is your opportunity to make a decision that will turn your life around, both here on earth and in heaven, both here on earth and in eternity. If you're here today under the sound of my voice and you want to accept Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, then please repeat this prayer after me. Oh Lord, forgive me my sins. Wash away my sins. Come into my life. Guide me. Teach me how to live for you. I hereby accept you as my Lord and personal Savior. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you will come back for us. Lord, accept me in Jesus' name. Amen. Brethren, if you have said this prayer, I'd like to welcome you to the body of Christ. It is the best decision you have made. And indeed, when the role is called up yonder, you will be there. And indeed, your name has just been written in the book of life. And indeed, heaven rejoices for you now. Because my Bible tells me that heaven rejoices for one soul that realizes, comes to his senses, and realizes and repents. Please feel free to reach out to me. Send me a message on WhatsApp. Send me a message on Facebook. Send me. Reach out to me. There's so much I can learn from you and you can learn from me. My Bible tells us that iron sharpens iron. There's so much we can learn from each other. We can be together, side by side, helping each other in this heavenly race. I warn you, the enemy will come at you. Friends will scoff at you. Your family will laugh at you. People will mock you, but you have found the right path. Many of those mocking you know the truth. They want to be born again. They want to accept life as their Christ, as their personal Savior, but they don't have the strength. And then they mock you to try and pull you, drag you back down to their fields. But once they come at you, realize that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That he has prepared a place for you and that he cannot lie. That he will come back to fetch you. Before I leave, I must leave you with these parting words from the Bible, the word of God. Colossians 3, 5 says, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, 
passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. First John 2 from verse 15 to 16. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride in possessions is not from the Father, but it's from the world. Second Timothy 2.22 So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord for a pure heart. Titus 11-12 Titus 2, sorry, 11-12 For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. Revelations 3, that portion we read, verse 11, I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take away your crown. All who are victorious will become pillars in the temple of my God and they will never have to leave. And I will write on them the name of my God and they will be citizens in the city of my God, the new Jerusalem that comes down from heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my new name. Verse 21 of that passion says, those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne. Just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne, Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. The King James Version of that verse 21 says, To him that overcometh, you will overcome in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. To him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me on my throne, even as I also overcame. And I'm set down with my father in his throne. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the church. Don't let the enemy deceive you, brethren, with the pursuits of earthly desires, with pursuits of money, of fame, of lust. Be thou perfect, even as thy father in heaven is perfect. Brethren, anything can happen at any time. It could be rapture. It could be death. You will agree with me that this 2020 has already just gone halfway. But the number of people that we have lost, it used to be statistics on the internet, on the news, so-so-and-so people died to COVID, so-so-and-so number of this. But recently, it's beginning to have faces. It's beginning to come closer. I cannot even count the number of people I know personally that have died this 2020. In this immediate past week, I lost an aunt and I lost a first cousin to the cold hands of death. If you had told them this a week ago, neither of them would have believed that they will not be on earth alive in the land of the living to worship God today. But today as we speak, both of them are in the mortuary. And that's why we must all be prepared at all times. Because rapture can happen at any time. Or the enemy can creep in at any time. Revelations 3.22 
anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches. He's coming back again, my Lord is coming back again. He went away and promised that he's coming back again. He's coming back again, my Lord is coming back again. Oh glory, hallelujah, he's coming back again. He's coming back again. My Lord is coming back again. He went away and promised that he's coming back again. He's coming back again. My Lord is coming back again. Oh, glory, hallelujah. He's coming back again. Lord, we pray, we ask you, Lord, Never let us lose our guards. Never let us be unprepared. Never let your coming take us unawares. Never let death catch us unawares. Give us the grace to live right. Give us the grace to live godly lives. Give us the grace to live in total obedience. Give us the grace to live in such a way that our name cannot be removed from the book of life. Lord, even in times that we are not weak, that we are weak, Lord, let your strength, let your grace be made manifest in our lives. Keep us from the plans and the devices of the enemy. Give us the grace to be prepared at all times. In Jesus' almighty name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Amen.